Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I don't remember how to do this anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, I was gone for a week and we skipped a week of recording. But they don't know that. Well, no. Uh, They do now. Well, they do now. (laughs) They do now. We record really far in advance, which is probably why uh, when you guys listen to some of these podcasts where we have predictions, things like that, that are very timely at the time that we record them, they're not so timely by the time they come out. That's why. Yep. And one of these days, uh, somebody's going to make a giant uh, collider that... uh Anyway, Anyway, so we're actually going to talk about something that is pretty timely, and it's something that we've chatted about in previous episodes as well, right? Yeah. It's actually my favorite word, right? Oh, yeah. Convergence. So we've used this word a lot in the past, and uh, we had a few people write in say, exactly what do you mean by this? Can you give some examples? Uh, What's the deal with this whole convergence thing? And, of course, the word convergence has very – has several meanings, but from a technological standpoint, in general, what it means is that you have multiple 
gadgets or devices in different form factors that begin to do the same sort of tasks so that eventually they all begin to evolve into a more unified form factor. Uh huh. And there are a lot of different uh, uh, examples that we can give. Yeah. When did you have a particular place to start, or should I just throw one out? You can throw one out if you like. I've got. I mean, I know the most obvious one in my mind, but go ahead. Okay. Well, um, let's go back in time a little bit, then maybe. You know, back when you had a video game console and something that played movies. Right. And they were both attached to your TV. That's a good example. Very good example. Yes. So you had. Uh, let's say either a laser disc player or a uh, VCR. VCR. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you would use that to watch recorded shows. And then you would want to hit a little switch on in the back of your TV so you could switch it over to your kick ass Atari 2600. Yep. And play a little, uh, you know, Berserk or, or if you're unlucky like me, ET. <laughs> and, uh, I was thinking adventure. Adventure. Pitfall. Pitfall, mm, yeah. best game for the Atari 2600, oh, yeah. hands down. Pitfall. I agree. Uh, River Raid, second best game. Anyway, so let's say that uh, you wanted to do all that. Well, you needed to have two different devices hooked up to that that television, possibly some sort of converter box to switch between the two. Um, these days, not so much. You've got consoles out there that are also media systems of some sort. So whether it's uh, a device like the Xbox that can also play DVDs or even download movies off the interwebs and onto the hard drive or the PS3, which is also a Blu-ray player, you have these devices that can both play games and display movies. Um, so that's, a, that's an example of convergence. It was two different technologies that eventually molded into one. Uh, yep, and I was um – um. I was about to make a crack about the Wii. Uh, I am a dedicated Wii owner, so it's not a slam. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I was going to say, oh yeah, like the uh, Wii can't. And I went, wait, no, it's you know got an internet browser on it, yeah, and it you does. can download games on it. So, yep. uh, it, so it's, it's got even it is converging, it. even though it doesn't have a DVD or a Blu-ray. Now it's converging more with say a computer than um, than necessarily a, a, a media player. But then convergence has convergence, right? And <laughs> essentially, all these consoles are just. Not just, but all these consoles are very uh, specialized computers, really, is when, when you get down to it. Sure. Um, they're not quite the same as a desktop or a laptop, but, you know, it's a computer nonetheless. So, yeah, I mean, and, and even back in the day, back when you had two separate machines, you might say, well, well, Jonathan and Chris, where was the, uh, where was the evolution of this? You know, how did this eventually come about? You might argue that, say, the old, um, the old uh, uh, media players weren't really much of a game system, except for the fact that I actually did have some games that used the VHS uh, format. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like the choose-your-own-adventure type stuff? Yeah. Like the murder mysteries and things like that. That's sort of um, DIY almost. Well, that was the deal was that it was it, – there were people who were seeing this this as an opportunity to create an interactive experience with the audience and they saw it as you know hitting an, a market that was not getting touched. And I think it was, you know, thought, thought leaders like that who I'm sure most of them failed because, I mean, it's, it was a clunky interface, but it was, it was thought like that that led to convergence of these two different technologies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because people said, Hey, you know what? They don't, your average consumer doesn't want that much clutter and would like to have uh, a, a device that can multitask. 
so that you don't have to have an entertainment system that holds 14 different set-top boxes. Although I know someone who has probably that many yeah, um, right next to his enormous television. <laughs> um, so that's a good example. The example that always comes to my mind, it's the – it's just one that I see all the time. It's the personal computer mm-hmm. and the cell phone. Right. They are getting closer and closer together. Now, in the United States, it's only been the last couple of years that we've really seen this explode. Uh, before that, it was pretty much just in the realm of uh, of the enterprise user. Mm-hmm. So businessmen, businesswomen who – were pretty high up in their company, would need to have some sort of handheld device that would keep them connected all the time. Uh, at first, they were they were PDAs. They didn't necessarily have a phone in them, so they were kind of like little handheld computers with limited functionality. And then you eventually got to more and more powerful cell phones that began to have some of the PDA functionality. And now we've gotten to the point where the smartphones that we see out on the market today have more functionality than a PDA ever had to the point where they're really like small handheld computers. Right. Um, they're not, you know, not as versatile as a computer. They don't have all the different bells and whistles that computers have, but, uh, they're much more powerful than the standard cell phone, like a, a candy bar or flip, flip phone. I mean, it's, they're much more, um, powerful than that. And, uh, at the same time, you're seeing laptops getting smaller and smaller into the netbook range where the features are starting to get yeah, kind of uh, cut down to to the bare basics because so much of the the processing power and storage uh, capacity is is shifting to the cloud. You've got computers that are starting to look more and more like cell phones. I mean, they're smaller. They're not as powerful as the the classic computer, um, and some of them even have cellular uh, uh, modems so that you can hook up to a data uh, a data line on a three G network and use that instead of Wi Fi. True, or you could, um, if you have access to something like um, the uh, Verizon MiFi, the uh, little portable network device, you're using the cell network to power your uh, to to act as a connection to that network and to uh, provide Wi-Fi access to your computer, or uh, maybe a WiMAX modem that you could plug in, and that would let you travel and access the network. And you know, you could start Skype up or uh, some other chat program to converse using your computer over the wireless network. Right. You use voice over internet protocol and now you're, you're making phone calls over your computer or you're using your smartphone to, you know, check on weather and, and internet. I mean, it's, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about convergence. Now is the smartphone or the netbook, the ultimate form factor that this, this particular kind of device is going to take. We don't know. It may be that these two devices never fully converge into one, but the way that uh, the way things are going, I would not be surprised if we had a handheld device that pro- probably would have to look more like a phone than a computer just to keep the phone functionality uh, easy to use right. without having to have an, you know, a separate headset or something like that. That's just a guess, though. I could be totally wrong. It might turn out that this Mac tablet that's been rumored forever and is still in the rumor stage, no one's announced it. We we're recording this shortly after WWDC. And of course, uh, uh, some of us were disappointed to see that there was no mention of this Mac tablet that's been the rumors for, for a year now, really. Or a Mac netbook for that matter. Exactly. I know a lot of people were sad about that. Well, except that they've, Apple's been pretty forthright about saying they will not do anything that's in the netbook form factor. Uh, that doesn't 
prevent people from hoping that they're lying. That's true. That's true. We can always hope that they're being a little duplicitous. Exactly. Uh, although the tablet makes sense because it would come out to be about the same price level as a uh, a netbook, so they mm-hmm. could compete within the price. Right. But it would be a different form factor. Right. But that Mac tablet could, in theory, be the first step to a a unified device that finally really bridges the gap between the phone and the the computer. Or it could just be another little sidestep that doesn't ever go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You can't really predict these things. True, true. But, you know, I, I was thinking about it as we were doing some research, and um, I don't know that convergence is necessarily limited to the electronics world, uh, I mean, as the actual physical electronic devices. Sure. I started thinking about Facebook. Okay. And I thought, well, you know, it's a, a social networking site, but it's also become increasingly a platform for things like games. That's true. And uh, so, I mean, convergence is is more than, you know, it, it looks like people are, are trying to find other ways to tie in products and services together all in one. And sticking with the Facebook uh, example, you could also argue that Facebook resembles Twitter quite a bit now. True. Now that after, the, after Facebook underwent its uh, most recent um, cosmetic change, the news feed is a lot like a Twitter feed. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly if you are like me and you start to hide all the quizzes that pop up. Right. Because I hate them. People, <laughs> if you befriend me on Facebook, be prepared for me to complain if you if you take lots and lots of quizzes, especially if you take seven or eight in an hour. Because I'm going to hide all of them and then I'm going to complain about it. Because um, <laughs> yeah, he he really will. I'm yeah yeah I really yeah. If you look at my Facebook statuses. You know, you'll see, like every few days, I'll, I'll make another sn- snide remark about these quizzes. Um, but it is very much like Twitter. Yeah. Then you have uh, Google, which uh, you uh, know yes. is now a search engine and a uh, phone platform and a payment platform. And you know, there's Google Docs. There's Google I M. Yep. Yeah, and, the, uh, and Google then Wave. Google Wave. Actually, we wanted to talk about Google Wave a little bit. It's it's early for us to talk about it. We do not have access to Google Wave as of the recording of this podcast, although we're cha- trying to change that as soon as we possibly can because it's cool, but uh, but not cool, C-U-I-L. It's yes. cool, C-O-O-L. Um, <laughs> but uh, Google Wave, that's a joke for all you search engine yeah. fans out there. Google Google Wave is, is pretty nifty looking. I mean, it, it is, again – an example of convergence. Now, in this case, we're talking about service convergence, like like Chris was saying. Right. Um, it's designed to be sort of a, a combination of email and IM and uh, collaborative uh, documents like Google Docs, because you can actually, rather than sending an email message back and forth and threading them together like uh, Gmail does, it would actually let you edit uh, the one message going back and forth. At right. the same time, which is pretty weird. It's, 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 I'd like to see it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I actually watched the demo. Uh huh. And the demo was very impressive. At one point, they had at least four people all working on the same threaded conversation at the same time. And you could actually see the updates live. There, it's, it's not one of those things where you have to refresh the page or wait for it to refresh. It's actually updating in real time. Mm-hmm. And so you see, and every, every person's, uh, uh, Changes are are a slightly different color, and and you can see the person's name next to the cursor mm-hmm. as they're making the change, so you know who is doing what at the time. Oh, okay. And you can even do things like share pictures and videos and that sort of thing, and link them all together. Uh, it's it's really pretty phenomenal what they've built so far, and even more than that, 
the whole purpose of the demo wasn't to say, hey, look at this cool thing that we built. It was more to say, hey, we built this platform. We want developers to come out here and and build applications that that use this platform as its foundation and make it even more useful, mm-hmm. which is a great idea. And uh, I honestly can't wait to see what happens. It looks to me like it could revolutionize, really, search mm-hmm. and conversations and collaboration. It's just uh, – it's it's too early to really make any big predictions. And, of course, it may never come out of beta, but uh, – <laughs> Oh, hey, Google. You know, Gmail, Gmail is still yeah. in, in beta. So. Oh, it's coming out, though. Gmail is coming out of beta. Uh-huh. It is. Okay. I believe you. All right. So what basically we're talking about then is that all of our electronics will gradually merge into one device and on that one device we'll be using one service that it involves all of our gaming and work and communications and everything, all of our needs in one place. <laughs> well, in theory, that would be the ultimate convergence. I don't think we'll ever quite get there. But, you know, as another example, televisions and, and computers yeah. are slowly converging. We, we've seen... At CES, we've seen internet-ready televisions for a couple of years now. Um, there's, they still have very, very low uh, impact in the market. I mean, there are hardly any services that, that offer internet TV, and there are hardly any televisions that actually can take advantage of it. But eventually, if this takes hold, we will have televisions where you can – you essentially have the DVR incorporated in there. You have services essentially like Hulu and YouTube incorporated in there mm-hmm. so that you suddenly have this enormous wealth of, uh, of content that you can, you can access just using your television. And not only that, they, uh, there are a lot of services out there, including Yahoo that have, uh, worked out ways to put widgets on your TV and you'd be able to access, uh, you know, those plus services like Twitter. And probably Facebook and MySpace and all the other social networking sites so that you get access to those via your TV. So you, you know, have your big screen and be able to internet and watch TV and everything else to your heart's content. So you right. never have to get up off the couch. Or if you have one of those cool touchscreen TVs, you get up off the couch to play some weird games. Oh, and then there's that. Yeah. So that's the, the lowdown on convergence. We, Again, we're, when we're using that term, we're really just talking about the, the tendency for all these different technologies to kind of hone in on the same sort of user experience. Um, they just come at it from different angles. And ultimately, we may end up with a single form factor or it may turn out that no single form factor dominates. It really – it's all very chancy. There's no easy way to predict it. Granted, now, if, if Apple comes out with the killer device – they're 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 just dominating that handheld device market. I mean, when you go to the iPod and the iPhone uh, in the United States, anyway, they have such a strong presence. I could easily see a killer Apple device dominating, and then no one ever wrests it away from them. Um, I don't know that that'll happen, but <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I I think that they at least will try eventually. Um, but I think there are. Plenty of other people who would like a shot at it too. So, you know, and it may be one of those things where it's just not a, a one size fits all world, you know? Yeah. And there are other things to consider as well. Like, like, uh, Apple, even though they have a killer device, you may wonder why I don't own an iPhone. And it would be because I'm not an AT&T customer. 
So there are considerations like that. If you have a device that is married to a particular service provider and there are people who are not customers of that service provider, that could be enough to prevent a one, you know, one device to rule them all and one device to bind them. <laughs> I'm not going to do the rest of the poem. Okay. But, uh, it, yeah, that might be enough to, to prevent that from ever really happening. So, but the tendency to go toward that, that single form factor, that's always going to be there, I think. Yeah. And so is the curmudgeon factor for people who just absolutely do not want one device to rule them all. Right. Yeah. Well, so. and, and here we can take a, a quick moment to talk about one of the downsides to, to convergence and getting all of your, uh, gadgets into one form factor, which of course is you don't have the luxury of redundancy. That this is what I would call the uh, the toilet factor. The toilet factor. Please yes. explain. So if you you know take your one device into the bathroom now on break it. and you drop it into the toilet, all of your stuff is lost forever. Right. All your music, all your contacts, all your documents. Of course, if you're storing stuff on the cloud, then theoretically you'll be able to access at least some of it again once you get a new device. But yeah, that is the danger of having all of your your utilities and features and everything piled into one device is if you lose it or break it or it's stolen or whatever, if you no longer have access to it, you've lost everything. You haven't just lost, you know, your music collection or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's another argument against convergence and, and why you'll always, you'll see some gadget lovers will have five or six gadgets and they wouldn't have it any other way. Then you have people like me and I'm like, get it down to the bare minimum. So I don't have to carry you know, four different kinds of, of devices and four different kinds of chargers just so I can, you know, get by. Well, uh, you know, I kind of thought you liked that sort of Batman utility belt look. Well, if I had a utility belt, sure. <laughs> or a bandolier. Yeah. A bandolier would also be cool. Yeah. I would not turn down a bandolier. But um, right now, all I have is my uh, little messenger bag where they all clank together and it just gets heavier and heavier as I add gadgets. And that's uh, that's that's quickly becoming not cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, they scratch each other up here. Right. Also, yes, I do have a scratch on my smartphone now, which makes me sad. I'm very sorry to hear that. All right. Are are we are are we done? I don't have anything else to converge into our discussion. Well, then I guess that takes us straight to listener mail. Batten on the hatches. All right, so uh, here's a listener mail from Steve from Sydney, Australia, and I am not going to do the accent. Hi, guys. Just a simple little question that I was pondering and wondered if you had an opinion. Should a film still be called a film if it is recorded digitally? Many thanks, Steve. So this is just an opinion question. What do you think? Um, I, I, well, my first reaction to that is... I'm sorry, the email's cutting out on me. Um, because that's a really good question. I, here's, here's, here's my, my take on it. Um, while you may not technically call it film, uh, in the sense that it's not actually, you know, images on a film, I think the term film is so entrenched that it's all right to call it that. I mean, just like you wouldn't call, you, not every copier is a Xerox machine, right? 
True, and, but and, and Xerox and machines. Their lawyers will tell you exactly, that that's the case. exactly. But you still have people who say, "Like, I need to make a Xerox of this." They don't say, "I need to make a copy," or "I need to go to the copier." I mean, they might now. Same thing with band aids or Jello. I mean, these are all trademark names that technically only apply to one specific thing, but people use it all across the board. I think film is pretty much the same way. It doesn't really matter that it's not on the the medium known as film. So you don't think people just call them movies? Movies or motion pictures or moving pictures or talkies <laughs> or that there shadow show that goes on when I go into the theater box. Um, shadow show, by the way, is an excellent horror novel. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I would not get uppity with someone who referred to a movie as a film, even if it were recorded and projected digitally. Yeah, that's the uh, whole thumb versus finger thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, people, I've heard people correct me when I've said, you know, called things, you know, CDs, albums. And, you know, an album of music is, an al- in my opinion anyway, an album, regardless of what format it's recorded on. Also, a record, it's a record. You know, you can have a written record of something. Right, it's and, a recorded know, exactly version of Music, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, just because it's on a CD doesn't mean it's not a record or an album. Right, you wouldn't call it vinyl. Though. I wouldn't call it an LP. Right. But uh, in this case, yeah, I I probably wouldn't call it a film, but then again, I, I usually call them movies anyway, so it may just be my personal semantics. So, Steve, go ahead and call it a film, and if your friends laugh at you for calling it film when it's recorded digitally, get new friends. <laughs> so say the experts at Tech Stuff. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. So on much this better discussion. now. <laughs> See, don't you? Don't you? I, this is what I do. I just, I just recycle through friends on a regular basis. I just, yeah. when I decide something and they don't agree with me, I got more people out there. Yeah, fine. I'm leaving. Uh, all right. Let's see what Josh and Chuck are up to. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Stuff. Remember, you can find out all sorts of interesting information about technology, gadgets, computers, all that kind of thing at HowStuffWorks.com. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, With SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.